Hey, welcome to Sunfire Tavern episode five. Uh, today we're joined by Erin, uh, uh, an ex-colleague of mine and a good friend who um, used to work, well, she was my, co my ex-colleague and she uh, moved on to uh, following her passion, uh, leaving the industry. Um, nice to meet you, Erin. Hi, nice to meet you too, even though we worked <laughs> together for however many years and I think I hired you. I think oh, you wow. actually did hire me. You were, the, you were the one that called me up while I was sitting in a hut in the middle of Southampton saying, hey, do you want to come and work? here and i was like yeah well, that sounds interesting okay why were you in a hut in southampton i was so i was working for a, a company that does the it support for kfc and as a result we had to sit in a hut in a field in southampton just sending commands to the tills and back again <laughs> it was awful it's absolutely awful <laughs> it sounds like the worst dystopian novel i've ever heard of. is it, it a is. trilogy by any chance is that is that <laughs> Book one in the trilogy of, of well, Clark's Amazing Dystopian Life. It, it was the start to a pretty amazing story. But anyway, uh, we'll, we'll get oh on. Oh my um, gosh, that was cheesy. Okay, sorry. <laughs> um, so we've got Ollie as well. Hi, Ollie. Um, and this week we're going to be talking about life after working in gaming. Uh, the older shows and movies from the 70s, 80s and 90s that we love. Um, the age of remasters and remakes, which is where we currently are in the industry right now. Um, where do we see entertainment moving in, in the next 10 years? And what are we hyped for? As in, which movies, games, and books are we looking forward to? Um, so I guess we could start, Erin, if you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, if, you don't, if that's okay. Um, okay. Well, I used to work in the computer game industry. And I did that for, what, 10-something years. Um, started off actually on EVE Online and start off and sort of doing community stuff on, on EVE Online in an unofficial capacity and working for EVE Radio. <clears throat> and then I got hired by Blizzard. And as I was one of the first, very first um, European Game Masters for World of Warcraft. And I started working at Blizzard when WoW was still in beta. And I think at that point, the company was like, yeah, we're expecting maybe, you know, 800,000 players worldwide, so, you know, it's going to be... And then, obviously, it kind of blew up and everyone went, oh, shit. Um, but I moved up the ranks pretty quickly in um, in customer support. I like to think that it was because of my innate talents, but I seem to now, upon reflection, sort of look back and go, yeah, it really was just a case of, oh, shit, who have we got? Okay, yeah, still do. <laughs> <laughs> it, we've got, did, we've I, got a small pool from which to choose so yeah I, I do seem to remember there was this kind of moment um early on like just before wrath of lich king where it was like oh crap suddenly we've got like millions of players and and the queues are like 30 days long yeah um, and we've got no one we don't have managers we don't have this we don't have that like panic 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 and suddenly the you know everything exploded you know that uh, that gif of Oprah with the bees and everything. Yep. It was yep. kind of like that, but with promotions. Yep. You get a promotion, and you get a, <laughs> everyone was getting promotions. And I mean, in general, it was good. Some cases, it wasn't so good. No. But this this happens in every single company. It is not Blizzard specific. Mm. Blizzard legal mm. department, please don't come after me. <laughs> and um, love you guys. Love you long time. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So I was there, and I was oh gosh, what did I do after that? God, so long ago, it's like a complete, it's a, it's a whole different life. It is like oh. kind of stepping out from a different life, isn't it? Oh, it totally is. Yeah. And, and so I was at Blizzard for about almost 10 years. And I moved over into the community department. I was a uh, community manager for WoW and Hearthstone. And then I moved, <laughs> I chose to move over to Diablo 3 because Diablo 2 was like 
one of my favorite games of all time. I just absolutely adore that game. So when they announced Day 3, I was like, oh my God, this is serendipitous. This is the greatest thing. I'm <laughs> going to be the community manager for this. It's going to rule. My life is going to be amazing. And Era 37. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, just, just to ask, Ollie, did, did you play Diablo when it launched at all? Uh, I did not play Diablo, but I did see the whole thing with Era. What was the number? Sorry, Era 37. 37. Yes, that was. Yeah, for yeah. for context for anyone listening, there was this. Um, uh, it was kind of overestimated that it sorry underestimated on how many people were going to be accessing the game on launch. Uh, and what happened was is this that they announced Diablo three and they were like, oh, maybe people will like this. It turns out half the planet wanted to play it, <laughs> and it resulted in like all of our servers setting on fire and stuff because it was just way too many people trying to access technology that didn't really exist to handle that many people at that speed yet mm. um and i just remember for like a few weeks because I was, I was a game master at the time just watching the tickets just getting more and more angry and i'm just like oh my god i don't know what to do and, and i can imagine Aaron being in community management at the time it was an absolute nightmare to handle that it was an absolute fun fest it was it was quite possibly one of the uh the, the greatest weeks of my life i i don't think i slept for about three days and i'm, I'm not exaggerating i was just like literally running on on caffeine and just the hatred from the community was was what was really keeping me going because it was sort of it's not that i relished it it's more that it was just sort of this wave of negative energy and because i wasn't getting energy from anywhere else apart from caffeine i had to take the energy yeah <laughs> and so it was really my only recourse to staying alive um but yeah so i was i was basically just yeah that was that was a that was a that was a week that was a challenge i mean that was. was even more stressful than the um oh the the plague in wow when oh <laughs> god <laughs> God, God, God. <laughs> because, yeah, I was, um, at that point when that happened, I was in charge of the customer support forums and <laughs> the social media. <laughs> so I was in charge of that team. And so obviously this is all kicking off and it's going absolutely nuts on our forums. It's going nuts in the tickets. And that was pretty stressful. But I, I like to think of that as just a precursor. It was it was preparing me for for what was <laughs> what was coming. Yeah. Well, yes, era thirty seven. I, I remember was, rightly yeah. as well that the, the plague made it onto the national news. Um, it was then used as an example for years after that of how uh, viralization can spread yeah, so quickly. Yeah, yeah. it's um, been studied by virologists and everything yeah. like this. It's crazy. Which to me is super fascinating. Like, I find that super interesting because taking something of that level of I think we were talking last week about. Um, Actually, we may not be talking about the podcast, but we were—I was discussing last week about how there was this uh, moment where they activated collision in the game on a tiny item, mm. and just watching players suddenly realise that we'd given them a Lego block uh, <laughs> in in a world where you shouldn't have a Lego block. It was just like, and it was amazing watching the creativity kind of explode. Yeah. And it's the same with this this virus, like because uh, if I remember rightly, people would take their hunter pets into the encounter with the boss, yep. get the pet infected, and then then put the pet away. And then yeah. kind of bring it back out in like Iron Forge or Stormwind or whatever. I remember um, just standing in Orgrimmar as a in, in my GM avatar, just going, "What is going on?" <laughs> it was, it was. I mean, it was beautiful in a way. I mean, you know, and and I'm sure that virologists are just like, "This is just amazing." It's this is what we need. It's a pristine <laughs> setting. It's yeah. amazing. And but you know, I was just standing there going, "This is nuts." Like so this, people are crazy. This is something that, um, I mean, we, have to, we do have to be aware that there's some things that we can't talk about here, but this is something that uh, when we were Game Masters, um, obviously the tools were being created as we were learning how to kind of combat 
problems and, and, and fix problems. And there were some moments where loads of us would just go into the client as our like invisible game master selves mm -hmm. and just look at the situation unfolding and just stand there going, I, d I don't know how to solve this. Like, <laughs> what do we do here? <laughs> Yeah, uh, it was crazy. Uh, yeah. it, it, it was it was another time. So um, obviously we we went through to era thirty seven, and I think uh, if I remember rightly, you left. What was it? Six years ago? Six years? Six seven uh, years? Ago? What year is it? It's twenty twenty. No of course, it's twenty twenty. It's it's still twenty twenty. Three years later. Yeah. Um, no, twenty twenty for way longer than it should be. This is it, right? Yeah. I mean, I should be like you know forty one but i'm actually now 46 because we've just been stuck in there's no <laughs> way you're in your 40s i am i'm 43 oh hang on yes okay Wait. i always thought you were younger than me but okay all right good <laughs> Let's you, thought that, you thought i was younger than you <laughs> i always thought you were like a year younger than me well, how old are you 37 i just Child. turned 37 i know I'm, a, I'm an infant infant to the industry Child. Uh, i don't know if it, uh, so ollie's a lot younger ollie's in his uh, mean, mid to late 20s mean, meanwhile the 26 year old sitting here in the <laughs> corner just i vaguely recall 26. <laughs> yeah my my, my 20s my, my 20s were moving to france and being terrified for about all of my 20s and not yeah. knowing what was going on and actually being a little bit scared of you at one point because you were quite scared when you got mad Do you, you know never got what? mad at me no but it would absolutely freak me out when when people would we'd get new staff in and they take them on a tour around the office and there'd always be at some point someone would be like oh and over there that's erin don't piss her off. That is exactly what they said to me. And I think I remember, like, within a few days of starting, I heard you bollocking someone. And oh, I, was just I, like... I know who it was that I was bollocking. I'll tell you who that was offline. But um, <laughs> I recall distinctly because this person was sitting a few rows because we had an open plan office. And they were sitting a few rows in front of me. And their back was to me so I could see their screens. And I could see that they weren't working. They were sitting on Facebook. Mm. And so I sent a message saying, get off Facebook, do some work. Oh, okay. And he minimizes the, the button. I'm like, no, no, don't minimize, press the red X. So he <laughs> does that. I go to get a coffee. I come back and he's back on Facebook. So I tell him again, okay, off Facebook. And he's like, oh, okay, sort of laughing and stuff. I go off to do something. I was like, come on, he's on bloody Facebook. And so I just stood up and I'm like, will you close your fucking Facebook and do some fucking work, please? I actually think I can probably guess who you're talking about, but again, no names. <laughs> no, um, but so yes, I think you know. So moving on from the Blizzard side of things, uh, mm. you then moved on to, so you were a community manager and then I think that's when you left after the I community manager role? I left after being community manager. I was there for a bit and then I left and then I moved over to Deezer, <clears throat> which is... Oh, uh, I forgot about Deezer. And you actually yeah. worked with a colleague of mine. Um, so I worked with someone at King right now who worked with you at Deezer or you might have had some crossover. Really? His name was Henry. I don't know if you know him. Henry. Did I he would, hire Henry? He would have been about nine when you were working there because he's... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Ollie, no. Ollie knows Henry. He's very young. Yes. Very young. No, yeah. was, no I don't know Henry. Um, he, he obviously he, he came after I left. But yeah, okay. I, I moved to Deezer um, and headed up their global customer support. And yeah, just basically grew things there and did that for a bit. So yeah, working in the music industry for a bit. That was kind of cool. Yeah. Got to travel a, a, a fair bit. Um, got to go to San Francisco a couple of times, which was nice. It's nice when it's paid for. Exactly. Yeah. Everything's a holiday at that point, even if you're yeah. just sitting there working. <laughs> um, and then after that, I was there for about 
two years, I think. Hmm. And then I was offered a job in another company, uh, which I took, but that didn't last um, for various reasons. And then at that point, my, my husband, who's British, had to come back to uh, come back to England because um, he works for the NHS um, and he was doing stuff working from home because he's in IT but he needed to come back to England and, and work from the office and stuff um, so I was like well I've not lived in England yet so I may as well um, and so I, I moved over here and moved here because my timing is impeccable I moved here on my because I have uh, French uh, citizenship I'm Australian by birth but I have French citizenship as well and I moved over here as a European <laughs> on my French passport <laughs> the day after the Brexit vote. Wow. Because, you know, wow. well done. Well done. Timing is everything. And um, if, if I remember correctly, and please do correct me if I'm wrong, you're in Surrey? Surrey? No. No? No? Okay. Sussex, thank you very much. Sussex. 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 One two. <laughs> They're all the same. It's fine. <laughs> they are not. No, I'm in, I'm in Sussex. Um, okay. It's lovely down here. It's, it's, very, it's very green and, and very sort of English. And... Oh, well, we're in central London, so everything's lovely compared to where we are. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it must be nice at the moment. Is, is it still quite quiet? Uh, um, Ollie, maybe. Yeah. Not... Ollie, you go ahead with this one. <laughs> not so much. Uh, so I... <laughs> saw some friends on the weekend so i traveled to central london which i hadn't done in a while um and whilst it like the the transport was okay there wasn't many people but uh the parks and stuff inside central london were crammed full of people it, it's insane it's like a music festival in the parks yeah. um and so, so yesterday for example we went out on our bikes and i'm genuinely feeling like i'm in stranger things or something at the moment because we keep going out on our bikes through these like industrial sites and like residential areas and stuff and we're just riding around and being kids and then we're going to like board game bars and stuff we're not going inside we're sitting outside and we went into um just outside of borough market yeah. which is all closed now but like you can walk through it but like most of it is closed and people are just doing like you can get margaritas or whatever but that's about it um and we found uh, a place called patty and bun which yeah. is a, a nice burger place like it's a pretty average burger place um, and we looked inside and it looked amazing inside and there was no one in there. So we said, hey, like, are we able to eat in here or is it takeaway? And they said, no, you can come in because we're only accepting one group of people at a time to eat. Oh. So it went in and it was genuinely the most therapeutic thing I've done in the last four months. Having a restaurant make food for me and sitting there and just enjoying drinks and food and a little bit of atmosphere with lovely staff and really nice music. I, I didn't realize how much I'd miss that. Mm. Uh, it was super nice, especially considering we were right in the center of London. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's almost impossible to, to find that here because usually all those places are crammed and stuff. But... Crammed and stuff, yeah. I've not been but... able to do that because I've been shielding. Um, I've, I, I well, came I guess... out of shielding on last week on Monday. Because was... well, you've got, you're, you're with someone from the NHS, I guess you have to be a lot more vigilant, don't you? Oh, it's not only that. I have multiple sclerosis, so I have, oh, to, yes. I have to be really careful because oh. my immune system is, hey, what's going on? <laughs> I'm going to do what you want. All right. Yeah. It's more of a carnival for you then. <laughs> it really yeah. is. And do you know what? When I was diagnosed, my, my neurologist, he, he said to me, and this was all happening in France, and I keep in mind I speak French fluently, so he's telling me in French, oh, you've got lesions on your brain, which I do, <laughs> like little, like little, little um, bruises or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I misheard him. I thought he said legions. <laughs> Tiny little Romans running around. So I actually oh, have I was, named them. I was thinking little Illidans, like little legion on your head. But, oh wow! Yeah, 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 Maybe yeah, yeah. it's like two two opposing legions. You've got Illidan, yeah. and then you've got like 
Titus Pullo and that on the other side, just <laughs> fighting each other. But that's what I imagined. So yeah, yeah. I, I thought I had Romans in my head, which you know. Because I do remember actually when because uh, when you posted on Facebook that you've been diagnosed with MS, like um, I I had no idea like um about what it involved, what it did. and if, if so many many years ago, um, a friend, in fact, a mutual friend of ours. Uh, do you remember John Robinson? Yep. So he's since uh, had an identity transfer. So he's going through a transition at the moment to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the whole thing. So he, he identifies as Ellie now. Yep. Um, but back then, he, he told me, like, you know, I've got something to tell you. Like, I, I need to let you know something. And I was like, okay, probably it's going to be that you're you're gay or something like that. Like, I kind of worked it out. And he said, no, I'm a furry. And I didn't know what it was. And I was like, oh, I, 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 don't, I don't know what that, that is. Yeah. And, and I, I went into this moment where I was like, do I make a joke? Do I um, say something inappropriate? Or do I Google it and then go and find out? And at that time, I, I kind of made a little bit of a joke about it. And and then I learned. Of course you did. Exactly because you remember I was an, I was an ass. Uh, well, was. Well, <laughs> I still am. Sure. Um, yeah, we can I, talk in the past tense if you'd like. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I remember kind of going through that process, and then um, so someone else at work. Uh, there was a few other colleagues that kind of either came out or had uh, diagnoses or things like that, and I didn't quite know how to understand what was going on. Mm-hmm. And then when you you told uh, when when you. Um, uh, the told everyone about your MS. I, I declared like, right. it, darling. I didn't tell. You, I declared it. Declared. When you yes. declare this, it's like uh, Michael Scott in the office when he declares bankruptcy by just yelling, <laughs> bankruptcy! Exactly, exactly that. Um, but yeah, so it was one of those moments where I was like, okay, this is actually an opportunity to to learn here and try and understand it. because, And then I just kind of sat back and, and, and let it be explained to me because I realized that I could come across as kind of ignorant or stupid by trying to make jokes or say that I understand it or whatever. Mm. And it was a, like a journey of discovery, like understanding what you were going through. So, but um, I don't know if you want to talk about it at all or say anything about it. I'm happy to talk about it. Um, so, yeah, basically, um, permanent brain farts. And I, <clears throat> it all started because I went blind in, in my left eye. Oh. <laughs> and I'm laughing because I was sort of like, it was kind of like someone had put a veil over my my face, you know, like I was like mm-hmm. a mysterious veil or whatever, and I couldn't see. And I was telling people, they're like, "You should go to the doctor." I'm like, "No, no, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine." So for about four or five days, I, I didn't do anything, and this is, I was working at a Deezer at the time. And it wasn't until my boss he came in, he said, "If you don't go to the hospital, I'm going to fire you." Oh I was like, "Fine, <laughs> I'll go." So I went, and they were testing me for all sorts of things. You know, I got tested for. I got tested for lupus. I was so excited, but it wasn't. <laughs> it's not lupus. It's, it's not, not lupus. lupus. <laughs> um, they thought maybe I had meningitis, which was a little scary. Um, they thought maybe I was faking it because, you know, I'm I'm so committed to my craft that <laughs> for the past, for really the past six years I have, I've kept this going. Um, but, yeah, in the end, I mean, you know, lots of doctor's appointments, and, and I ended up going to a, an A&E in the um, – the eye hospital in Paris, which is apparently one of the oldest hospitals in the world and was actually set up at the time of the Crusades in the 1300s. Oh, wow. Yeah, to treat the the Crusaders coming back from the Holy Land who were injured and the the ones who had basically been injured in the eyes and the face. So it it was set up specifically for that because they'd had like boiling oil chucked on them or whatever. Yeah. and so it's been going ever since. Obviously, it's it's a little bit more modern nowadays. Um, <laughs> but you know, so. it, it, well, yeah. But it's been going on since that time, which I, I was like, you know, as an Australian who comes from a country where you know written history sort of starts at about seventeen hundred, and everything before then is is oral history from the uh, the Aboriginal peoples. 
Um, you know, I'm like, this is mad. You know, I'm in a hospital. Obviously, the building's different, but I'm like, this is crazy. This has been here since, you know, whenever. But I um, I got seen pretty quickly. And, yeah, they sort of said to me, oh, well, it could be this and it could be this and it could be this. And one of the things they said it could be is MS. And the moment they said that, I knew that's what it was. And so when I saw the uh, consultant uh, a couple of weeks later and he said, oh, it's multiple sclerosis, I answered with, okay. So he thought okay. I didn't understand him because <laughs> I was just saying, yeah, okay, cool. Right, what are we going to do about it? But, yeah, I'd, I'd already done my research and stuff. But so basically, I, yeah, it's... I guess it's kind of that there. moment when you sort of... When, 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 when you get your identity kind of explained to you or you get your situation explained to you and then you just kind of go, yeah, that actually does feel like that. what that is. That makes sense now. It was more of a relief than anything yeah. because I honestly thought that I was going crazy because I had loads of um, health problems over the years and I literally thought I was going nuts. And it's not so much that. It's just partly that and it's it's mostly just the little little brain farts that I have. So, yeah, I mean, primarily I'm very lucky in that I don't have um, very many really strong um, symptoms and side effects of it um i get i have fatigue i get tired very very easily mm-hmm. um and i mm, i'm going deaf that's another one that's an interesting one um so i have hearing loss which is related to my ms so i get to mm-hmm. a hearing aid which is fun um and apart from that i sometimes get some tingling um in my hands and my hands will lock up but i'll look like i've got a claw which is okay. kind of cool. <laughs> apart from that, apart from that, I don't have anything. So compared with other oh. people Sorry. who have MS, I'm very lucky. Oh well, that, that's so. It, it doesn't sound dissimilar to kind of. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't think it's the same, but it doesn't sound dissimilar to the process that I've gone through to recovery since my accident. So when yeah. I came out of the coma, because yeah. um, I was told I was going to be brain dead, uh, mm. wasn't going to be able to talk or walk or uh, all these other stuff, and slowly, like I, I was kind of almost reborn into myself like an infant yeah um like i, I remember not remembering that like that the cooker burns if you touch it or the microwave the microwave burns when you take food out of it oh wow and i, I was covered in burns and like I, so i went to a um, one of the therapists just after um after going through all this and saying like I'm, i keep burning myself and i don't know why and we went through this process she was like i think it's just because you don't remember that things are hot and i'm like well yeah that is a really good point and then i forgot that i was scared of heights so i went on my balcony and fainted that oh was gosh. fun um, but I, I can sort of um, understand a little bit of what you were going through because it's scary to trying to understand that your body isn't doing the things that you're used to it doing. Yeah. And it's sort of turning on you a little bit and you're like, okay, it's time to learn a new body now and what's going on here. So I do sort of get that and it's it's a, it's not a nice thing to go through. No, it's not. But my attitude towards it is um, I can't do anything about it. It yeah. is what it is. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's it's crap and I'll have bad days, but generally everything's really good. Yeah. Um, and it and it's what really prompted me to make some really big decisions in my life. And it prompted me to um, basically change career and, and, and do some other things. And I always say that it's sort of one of the, it's the both the worst and the best thing to ever happen to me. Because it's the worst in that, you know, health, great, not so good. Um, But, you know, it's the best in that it really made me reevaluate and prioritize what's important to me. And my outlook on life has just completely changed since then. So it sort of gave you some clarity, I guess, onto which, because you you moved into genealogy? Yeah. So I've always done that. Um, I've done that as a a hobby since I was about 14. Um, 
my my grandmother uh used to do it and <laughs> she uh, my grandmother who is 91 by the way and she's amazing wow. absolutely mm. incredible total battle axe i mean you don't want to go up against her she'll kick your ass <laughs> totally i met you and i don't want to go up against your grandma <laughs> little aussie like she's she's tougher than me um but she's adorable anyway she she had this um this briefcase under her under one of the beds in the spare room at, at her place and she, we were always told don't look in that don't touch it well yeah okay so of course i went and had a look and inside there was um lots of papers and documents and magnifying glass which i thought was very interesting and lots of documents with like you know old writing and stuff and anyway nan caught me so i got bollocked for you know touching things that don't belong to you but then <laughs> she realized that i was actually genuinely interested so she started to teach me how to do um the genealogical research which for people who are like what's that is that gynecology no it's family <laughs> history research it's looking at your ancestors and where you, where you've come from oh. which is a bit like gynecology in a way yeah. but just a slightly <laughs> different branch you, see, you say that because gynecology is always my exact you know when people ask you like oh you must play video games all day because you work in the industry blah 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 right and exactly people used to say like oh you, you must play world of warcraft all day and i'm like okay so if you imagine when a gynecologist gets home from work, what's the one thing he doesn't want to look at? Yeah. And so I was like, well, you know, sometimes World of Warcraft was my gynecology. <laughs> like, yeah. I'd get home and be like, I don't really want to play that. Like, I want to play something else. I'm, uh, I'm going sorry, to, you, you know how I, I, I've been posting, you know, inspirational quotes with a, yeah. with a picture on my Facebook? Well, that's going up tomorrow. Oh, good. Okay, World excellent. of Warcraft good was my gynecologist. <laughs> 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 But uh, because I'm conscious of time a little bit, and we, we do only have an hour to, 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 and honestly, I could talk about this kind of stuff all day because it's super interesting listening to someone who's kind of transitioned to a new career and, and found success in that. Um, it, it's super cool to know that like some an old colleague and a friend of mine has kind of found success outside of the industry because one thing I've noticed is a lot of people that have dropped out and changed, they haven't had particularly successful uh, either careers or they haven't found happiness. They've ended up kind of getting lodged into... Um, I'd, I'd say dead end jobs, but not necessarily dead end, but just things where they're not happy anymore. And there mm -hmm. is this kind of feeling when you when you step out of the gaming industry of stepping down from grandeur. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think also it's it's. I think looking back, we also have to sort of keep in mind that we were a lot younger. Yes, particularly of if you're talking about the people who are sort of like part of our cohort, you know, we were we were a lot a lot younger then yeah. and had a lot more energy and um and enthusiasm for life in general of course. um yeah and no but you know we were part of something that was that was growing that was new it was fresh you know this hadn't been done before this was so brand new and we were exploring something together it's very and exciting as well yeah that's an extremely yeah. wanky way of describing it as well yeah that's like the corporate level explanation of what was going Do you on know what? So i mean yeah it was so exciting it was just so well, engaging yeah. no but, but, but it was fun and it was fun and i think that a lot particularly the 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 people of our cohort and i, I think i i know some of the people that you're you're talking about i can i can see who you're referring to i think what happened with um a lot of us slash them is that as the particularly those of us who started earlier on when the company was still quite fresh and wow was still new and it was still growing and everything was moving it was like what the hell is going on and oh my god and five people got a promotion this week and we've hired you know a hundred people in the bus when that started to slow down and when things inevitably became more corporate because as you get larger you have to put in more processes of course you yeah get more you know you have to get more what they call corporate mm -hmm. i think people became a little bit sort of um became a bit more jaded and were sort of disillusioned by that well, like, well it's not as fun as it used to be and well, sort of the magic starts to die doesn't it <laughs> 
Yeah, pretty yeah. much. And and I think that, you know, some people left, um, you know, with with perhaps, you know, not such a positive view. Yeah, and the I, remember, end I remember some of the of Facebook posts. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, and I mean, there were times where I was like, mm, I'm glad I'm not in there anymore. But, you know, looking back on it now, it's like it was just so much fun. So Hard work, we, but fun. We can actually, we can, uh, we can use that point to, I mean, Ollie is a really good example here of someone that is uh, quite new to the industry. I, I wouldn't say very child. new, but you've been in it for a while, I've... but you're now stepping into it and uh, you're progressing through it kind of at the speed that we did a while ago. Mm. So how are you finding it? Like, what do you think about it at the moment? What, just the industry in Well, from my experience, I've only been in the industry for like four years, but um, I'm, a, I'm a developer. Uh, so the experience I'm getting is like, it's just a lot of learning for me right now still, like even just learning a lot of technical things. Um, but, you know, there's, I mean, working on the, the games that I'm working on, what I'm, what, it's not really my forte or what I'm super interested in in terms of like you know ga games that I play and stuff like that. Like I have sure. quite big aspirations in terms of like the games that I want to work on or you know uh, the kind of games that I would like to work on more indie games or you know like uh, more like uh, I don't know if I'd ever go AAA. I don't I don't know. I mean I would if if the opportunity arose I would try it. But you know for me I'm a big proponent of like indie games and smaller teams and these kind of like small yeah. games so that's something that i would like to work towards so for me it's kind of i'm still learning a lot and trying to gather as much knowledge as i can and meeting like wonderful people that i can connect with and talk to and hear experiences from like you guys for example so you know for me it's still very much yeah like i'm in that phase where everything is still kind of fun and it's very you know early on and i'm still learning and gaining experience that, right but, yeah. that's good like, I, i'm always kind of, kind of hoping that people um when they come into the industry and are slowly progressing through it that they're they're not getting jaded because it is very easy to get oh, like yeah. disillusioned yeah um, especially, especially when you kind of clash with corporate level mm. because you, you'll find that some of the executives are really into it and love it and like the i mean the, the, to give you a perfect example erin you might remember ian clark oh my god ian i love him an absolute dream of a human being oh like, my this, word this guy, Ian, knew everyone in the company, and he knew everyone's jobs, everyone's mm -hmm. progress. Uh, he knew um, when they were near promotions or whether they were looking at doing other things. This, this was a guy, and he was an executive. Well, he's an executive now, uh, mm -hmm. or just um, – I'm not entirely sure of the exact level, but whatever. Um, and he was someone that kind of embodied what it was to be in the games industry. Mm -hmm. It was like he, he played the games, uh, he had a great family, a great life, and he, was, he embodied that in, in his job. So like he'd come up to you, like he'd come up to me in the canteen every now and again, put his arm around me and go, "How's things going in marketing?" And I'm like, "I didn't even know you knew I'd moved to marketing." And <laughs> and like he'd know everything about it because he'd done his research before talking to me. Yeah. And and that the, there's a few executives out there and a few uh, people at like C level um, that have that kind of like impact and 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 force. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's also on the other side of things, there's there's the executives that are clearly just there just to make money, which mm. you, you know the, the companies need that. Yeah, I think but... you need to have both. You need yeah, those. but you yeah. you can kind of clash with the wrong side of it and get disillusioned. So yeah. it, it is a case of kind of working out who you're talking to and 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 what their what their experiences on the industry are as well. And yeah. that, that's kind of cool. It's why I like to talk about this kind of stuff because it, it it also helps share this idea that you know it's not all negative, it's not all positive. There are mm. you know the different paths followed. Well, I think I think sort of being realistic about it. I mean, yeah, and and I think this is sort of part of what was what made working at Blizzard both absolutely amazing but also resulted in people being disillusioned is that you know the people that came in that we were hiring particularly into the the gm roles 
were such huge fans of the game. Like yeah. these were people who were absolutely manic about this game. Like yeah. they were crazy about it. And, you know, it got to the point where towards the end, um, <clears throat> when we were recruiting, it was sort of, we were sort of looking and, and if there was somebody who was, you know, such a really, really intense fan, we would actually have a discussion with them about it and actually say, look, yeah, having a passion for the game is absolutely essential and it's brilliant, but you need to understand that we're hiring people to work here yeah. and you are going to have to be doing things that you may not agree with. Mm. And there well, will be policy decisions that you may not agree with, and you're going to have to, you know, toe the line. You're going to have to do it. You see, I remember JC trying to explain that to me, but in his very unsubtle way, didn't do it in the best way. Uh, <laughs> so he tried, tried to, and he's like, "There are things you will do that are bad in this company," and I'm like, "What?" <laughs> oh, he was amazing. <laughs> he, he, I mean, uh, God bless him and everything. Like, rest, um, obviously, because he passed away. Yeah. Um, Sorry he was an amazing. Ama it, it was a whole thing. Mm. Um, he was an amazing dude, like an example of someone that's hyper passionate about the job, but the passion yes. just way overtook him. Mm. And he was so intense, like super intense. And it was, a... but anyway, we, we could we could talk about working at Blizzard in the games industry for a long time. But <laughs> but we've got other subjects. We've got older shows and movies from the seventies, eighties, and nineties. And I remember, Erin, you were really into things like Twin Peaks. Oh um, my gosh! See, yes. I've never seen it myself, so uh, I, I know the concept. I, I understand the, the director and stuff, and that uh, he's mm. done a ton of other cool stuff as well. Um, but maybe if you want to tell us a little bit more about, um, I'm you know, not going to tell you things... what Twin Peaks is. No, don't tell me about Twin Peaks, <laughs> but more about like, um, so because you're someone that's either gone through the gaming industry and then changed careers and stuff, you still maintained your geekdom. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You're still proud of being a geek and you're out there like doing your geeky things. So one Absolutely. of those, one of those things is that you're still into like old shows old movies, blah, blah, blah. And like, maybe tell us a little bit more about the movies that you're into and stuff. Um, Okay, so movies, I mean, obviously there's the classics like Monty Python and mm -hmm. all of that. Um, one of my favourite films ever is The Wicker Man, the original, not the Nicolas Cage remake, which we do not talk about. I said I haven't seen either of them, but they're on my list. Oh, Clark, come on. <laughs> I'll give you a list of things. Yes, please The Wicker please Man do. is just absolutely amazing. I mean, I remember... And, and just sort of cinema from, from the 70s in particular, that sort of sort of era where you've got, um, there's another movie uh, called The Devils, and it's got Vanessa Redgrave. This movie absolutely scarred me as a, as a kid because I ended up watching it as a kid. Um, and it's from, I'm just looking it up, yeah, it's from 71. Good God. And, yeah, and it's, it's, a, it's a Ken Russell film. It's got Oliver Reed and Vanessa Redgrave in it. And Oliver Reed plays this priest and Vanessa Redgrave is this hunchback nun who develops this insane obsession with this priest. <laughs> and I mean, it's a Ken Russell and it's from 1971. So, of course, it's going to be pretty much out there. But there are some scenes in this movie which are like really, really super dodgy. Um, but it's also a really beautiful film. And that's the thing about, about film from the seventies that I love. You can get some really absolutely gorgeous looking, uh, movies. And, and this one is, is beautiful, but it's really, really, really strange. It was, but it was, I recommend it. It was quite an experimental time, wasn't it? Cause the medium was quite new and, yeah. and it was like giving all these super creative people this tool and saying, Hey, go and break this tool and, and make something amazing. And oh, and did. also, I mean, the, can I say that the amount of drugs that everyone was on at that time was just like <laughs> yeah. immense? I think that impacted it a little bit. Like yeah. immense. But if if you were to pick 
one movie from that period. So anywhere between the 70s and the 90s is a movie that oh. someone... So, so say you, you speak to a millennial now or someone... What's a millennial? What age is that? That's me. I am a millennial. <laughs> <laughs> are, you so, the ones, are you the ones that call me OK Boomer even though I'm yep. Gen X? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's my Yep. Yes. Also Gen Z. I hate yeah. you guys. Oh, no. I'm, I apologize <laughs> for my generation. No, I don't. My son's a millennial and he's quite cool. So it's actually, fine. yeah, uh, Tyrion, isn't it? Tyrion. Tyrion. Yeah, Tyrion. Sorry, because I, I get yeah, um, coolest name for a kid, by the way. Who is now like probably sixteen, seventeen. He's twenty-two. My God. <laughs> Okay, time doesn't exist to me he's anymore. Like, it's, yeah. I can't believe he's twenty-two. That's I know. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Um, just turned twenty-two last month. Oh well, cool. Wow. Happy birthday. Um, but what I'm thinking is, if you were to choose one movie from like all of time, so go back to the seventies, eighties, nineties, and you were to pick one movie that you could recommend to someone and you think they would appreciate it, what would you suggest? Oh God, just one. Not to ask a giant question or anything. Um. 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 Probably Heathers. I thought of like I, I almost thought you were going to say either Heathers or it was going to be um, I've completely forgot the name of the movie now. Uh, Eraserhead for some reason, but Heathers oh, I guess. I like would be, Eraserhead. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Heathers. I mean, can I give you three? Go on, then. Oh. go ahead. Okay, so Heathers for sure. Um, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, the original. The original. Okay. The original. Good choice. Good, Good choice. Good and. Uh, um, dangerous liaisons. Ah, with John Malkovich that. and mm. and oh, I just love John Malkovich. Do you know I almost ran him over with my car in Paris once? Oh my god! <laughs> Seriously? Well, thankfully Seriously. you didn't. No, I didn't, and I was just yeah. driving along. You know how everyone just steps out in front of traffic. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I yep. don't know why I was driving in Paris, but I was. And this bloke steps out in front of me, and he basically glares at me and i see that it's john malkovich and i'm just sitting there in my car mouthing oh my god <laughs> and he's giving me the dirtiest look and i'm like oh, i finally have an encounter with john malkovich yes and i nearly I, put him in hospital I almost killed him, <laughs> yeah so yeah i'd say dangerous liaisons just just for his performance in that was, okay well th those are good choices and ollie i, I don't know if you um oh, if, if I the same question uh i mean <laughs> Uh, being born in 1994, uh, <laughs> I mean... My um, God. Yeah, I know, right? So so a lot of these films, I don't know, like... I've probably seen a bunch of, like, films from, like, you know, 70s, 80s, 90s, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest with you, I probably don't know, like, the years that they've been, like, created. I no, mean, that's like, fine. That's fine. films like, you know, like, The Shining, that's, like, eight, yeah. is oh, that 80s? Oh, good choice. Is that 80s? 70s, 70s, I think, The Shining is. I need 70s. to look that up now. Yeah. 79, maybe? Hmm. Uh, the Shining is 1980, ah. so three years before I was born. Beautiful movie though, so well shot. I love that movie. Yeah, mm. I don't know. Have you, have you seen the, the? I say the sequel. It's kind of the, the the unofficial. Well, it is an official sequel, but it's it's like a a continuation of the story. Uh, called Doctor Strange Sleep. Oh, Doctor, Doctor Sleep. Sleep. Sorry, yeah, Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> Very That's different sequel. Different. Yes, <laughs> that part where the Shining moves into the Marvel swap. universe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when you get stuck in frozen, frozen North America. When is it Because uh, no, I, I saw Doctor Strange just uh, Doctor Strange. Now I'm saying it. <laughs> Doctor Sleep. I saw Doctor Sleep just before um, the lockdown. Mm. And it was interesting. It was fine, but it had nothing on the original. Absolutely right. nothing at all. And right. I don't know if you remember as well if you saw uh, Ready Player One. 
Yes, yeah. I did. There was there yeah. was like a whole moment in that where it was in the Shining Hotel, and I just mm. I, I love it when they they didn't just go back to the hotel; they they rebuilt it exactly as it looked. Yeah, mm. and they gave that same feeling, which was really cool because the the atmosphere in that hotel was like just incredible. Yeah, it's Such it's, it's something you don't really see in movies now. Mm. And no, it was you cool. don't, do you? No. no, that's true. Well, you do sometimes. I think you see it in. Um... I've had a blank there. There are rare moments. You are, you are right. Oh, I've uh, had a blank. It's okay. Keep talking. <laughs> Keep talking. Film... So go on, Ollie. So you got The Shining. Um. Oh God. Uh. When when did The Matrix come out? Was that nineties? <laughs> that was like ninety seven. Like, does that count? I feel like that's that's like almost. Oh, it's, it's an iconic 90s, movie. Then, yeah. yeah. So ninety nine. 99. Oh, just on the cusp. That, I mean, that's, I mean we, that's like my childhood movie, as in like. So the, the the Matrix is probably one of the most referenced movies outside of Star Wars. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and it, it also invented so many new cinema techniques, like the bullet time effect. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. Um, a lot of CGI was kind of perfected in the Matrix. Like the, there was so much stuff that came out of the Matrix. It um, also introduced us to raving in a cave. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> And Keanu Reeves not doing a, a silly role either, because up until that point, I think he was only doing like Bill and Ted. And no, he'd I, done I um, he'd done um, Point Break, I think. Oh yes, of course he had. I don't know what else he's done. Brilliant. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm falling down a hole of Wikipedia well, actually, right that, now. That sort of, I, you've heard about the new Bill and Ted, haven't you? Yeah, I'm not mm. too excited about that. I've got to be honest. I saw the trailer and I was like, okay, this doesn't look great. Oh, we've done Speed as well. Yeah, Speed. Forgot about Speed. Oh, no, that was a classic, yeah. That's mm. a great movie. That's a fantastic movie. Okay, so we've got The Shining and The Matrix. Oh, God. You get to do one more. <sighs> got to think about, like, like old, <laughs> older films that I've seen. Oh, um... I could jump in with one of mine if you, yeah, if you go, need to go think. Yeah, go on, honestly. So, I need to go back. So one of mine is very controversial because uh, since the movie came out and time has moved forward, the one of the actors involved in the movie has been through a whole load of accusations and terrible things. But I still think the movie itself is something worth remembering because it's so fantastic and it's American Beauty. Oh, Kevin Spacey. Yeah, exactly. Kevin Spacey is a trash human being, blah, blah, blah. I know. Uh, but the movie is but the movie is amazing. It and, was an and, awakening for me. And a lot of a lot of the films that he did were, were incredible. Really like yeah. K Pax, um It's just he I, turned out to be a piece of scum. Oh, he was just a piece of shit human. It, it yeah. did make me laugh as well that during the whole I, mean, I say laugh it's not a funny thing to laugh about, but um during the whole time when he was going through the accusations, he suddenly just went, And I'm using this to come out as gay and it's like this isn't yeah. the time, oh, Kevin. Yeah. So weird. No one's here for that, Kevin. Just, just let's focus on the, the the stuff that you're being accused of, not the stuff that no one cares about. Like so it's fine. You think you'd be better at reading the room, wouldn't you? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, it was a shame because American Beauty again was this like super impactful movie, but mm. I, I tend to feel I'm a bit of a cliche because I would I would say American Beauty, mm. Donnie Darko, and then Star Wars. It's mm. such a lame set of movies, <laughs> but I know I'm such a loser. Oh, but Donnie Darko. Wow. Okay, so, all right, pick three movies that aren't those movies. There you go. You have to think about it. Man. Star Wars A New Hope. <laughs> <laughs> Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, three movies that aren't those. Let me have a little think. Uh, oh, um, It. Stephen King's It, the original. Um, really? Now that's yeah, interesting. Because it, it uh, introduced me to Tim Curry. Um, oh, yeah, and I mean, that terrified me as well, but the ending was just so crap. The ending was crap, but the the, the movie itself, when I was very young, uh, was quite impactful because it was I was genuinely terrified of this movie. Mm-hmm. And then I would I would probably say Aliens as well. 
Ah, yeah. Because yeah. Aliens gave me Night Terrors. Um, I'm, I'm noticing a theme here. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then I don't know what I'd say after that. It like. doesn't have to just be films that made you piss your pants. <laughs> Most of them do. I'd say Blade Runner as well, the original oh, Blade Runner. That's gorgeous. That's what yeah. I was going to say for, for my last okay. one. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Okay, so you we can, we can that share one. that one. <laughs> I mean, uh, but the, 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 I, go ahead. I didn't watch it at the time, obviously, but you know, I've saw, I've watched it um, re- quite not that recently. I, well, I mean, like a few years ago or something. But yeah, but it was one of those films where like it's really quite ahead of its time and I'm a huge fan of like the cyberpunk genre so mm-hmm. to see that kind of thing influence uh, the genre in such a strong way was yeah it was crazy that's so cool well, like... the good part about Blade Runner is that it absolutely segues into the next point which is the age of remasters and remakes because uh-huh. we, we recently had the sequel to Blade Runner which was uh, <gasps> followed the same so sort of beautiful yeah. it was oh gorgeous my like, I, oh there, my there word there were points where i was watching because i was watching it in a french cinema uh, in fact erin it was the same cinema that we used to go to in um Saint-Quentin? yes thank you it was in saint quentin um i was watching it there and i remember there were parts of it where i just started crying and it was just mm-hmm. because like i was really overwhelmed just with how big and incredible it was and like how every yeah. single shot was like a painting oh absolutely stunning I, and i, I remember mean, the, pe- the people i was watching it with said this is boring i don't like it i'm like no that's not the point yeah. you're missing the point <laughs> I, I mean visually it was just one of and and, all, and the audio as well was just absolutely yeah. incredible like it yeah. was just a sensory experience i mean yeah. story okay yeah that's a secondary thing yeah. but, and i i mean i didn't mind it i was like yeah okay this is cool but i mean just being you know experiencing it and just yeah. oh my word i mean it just it, completely it, blew me away it felt like we were in that world. We yes. we were we were being kind of pulled through it, like almost reluctantly, and it was just awesome to be in that. Like I remember really enjoying that. But um, to to move on from where we were, um, now, now that we're in the age of remaster and remakes, we're looking at a lot of games that are now being remastered as well, mm-hmm. and old franchises that came out in the eighties and nineties that are suddenly getting reboots today. Like we've just had um, the Resident Evil series are being remade yes. and they're super successful. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spyro and Crash Bandicoot, super popular. And they've, they've been remastered into these beautiful titles. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe Nintendo are now looking at like the fourth remake of Ocarina of Time. Yeah. Or fifth really? or something. I yeah, wouldn't be surprised, keep... yeah, for Switch. Well, it, yeah. It's, it's like every now and again, Nintendo go, mm, we're not making 20 billion this month. Bam, Ocarina of Time, get yeah. it out there. Uh, and the same with Final Fantasy VII. There was the the remake, which oh, was yeah. a smash hit, and it was incredible. Mm. Um, and I just find it interesting to to ask the question of like, where do we see entertainment in ten years' time? Do we, do we think that we're going to be seeing remakes of these remakes, or is there going to be something new? Hmm. So that's the question I'm kind of opening to the floor. Um, I think it'll be a mix of both, with more. Well, it depends on on what you're looking at. I think in terms of in terms of games, I think that it will continue to be sort of rehashing things that that have been successful, particularly by the larger companies. Mm. Um, yeah. Indie companies will continue to, and that's where the real sort of innovation yes. is going to come from. And those games will then become classics, which will, you know, you know sort, of, sort of propagate that. Um, TV, I think that we're seeing a bit of a, a mishmash actually i think we're seeing a sort of a, a mix i think we're seeing a lot of really creative stuff coming out on television mm. um particularly on the streaming services and now that you've, you've got the streaming services who are they're in production companies now and they're injecting mm. you know, so much money into this yeah. they're becoming corporate effectively mm-hmm. yeah yep. pretty much yep. um and with regards to film i think it's i think it goes through it goes through waves you, you always have the waves of the remakes and then it'll sort of drop off again and then 
okay, let's go through some superhero films and then it'll drop off again. And I think it sort of depends on the... I think it's also really dependent on what's going on in the world. Yeah. Um, if that's very true, yeah. Yeah. I think it's really dependent on what's going on in the world. I think that, you know, when, when everything's really, 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 really crap, you know, mm. having a, a something that's really about escapism and, and stuff is, is more more popular than perhaps if you know if the if the economy's all right and everyone's sort of feeling quite flush they don't mind going to see something that's maybe slightly depressing mm. because you know it doesn't sort of make them look at their own lives and go Ugh. yeah it stops people looking inward i guess doesn't it yeah, and, I'd and say like, so. like, like i imagine next year we're going to see a lot of films about pandemics and uh people being locked into places that they don't want to be locked into there's going to be a lot of referential stuff as we probably have had now in the last three or four months so many people having this time to be creative yeah. yeah and i would imagine a lot of the creativity has been influenced by either media that they've uh purchased over the years and haven't touched so like the the concept of the gaming backlog is a big thing so mm-hmm. you buy a ton of games then you don't play them and then suddenly when you get free time you sit and play them i'm currently looking at my backlog and it's like 600 games deep it's ridiculous oh yeah mine's um, ridiculous but um so what i'm expecting next year is to see a lot more referential stuff about you know viruses and 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 we we might even see a rehash of the zombie era. Yeah, you remember? I hope so because I mean, I, I must admit that when 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 lockdown was first um announced, I did go and watch Contagion, and then I watched... bad idea. No, oh, it was good. <laughs> it was re- it was. I mean, I'm a historian, so you know it's all about research for me. So you know, True, I, I watched training, Contagion. I, I watched. Oh, what's that other one? One with um. Dustin Hoffman. Uh, Outbreak. Outbreak. I watched that yeah. one. So there's Contagion, which is the Gwyneth Paltrow shakes hands with somebody who touched a pig mm. that was sick. Um, Outbreak is the monkeys. I think Outbreak's yeah. monkeys. monkeys. Yeah. Monkeys. Um, watched 28 Days Later to mm. get an idea of what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. What the world was going to be. In yeah. And basically, <laughs> what, what, I, what I took from that, my, my number one rule for uh, the entire lockdown was not, you know, save the NHS and, you know, save lives and all of that. It was don't trust Christopher Eccleston. <laughs> if you see Christopher Eccleston, you just run the other way. You see, that man cannot be trusted. See, people have always laughed at me for having what I call the apocalypse cupboard. And because I'm someone, is that what they're calling it now? (laughs) No, it's not a euphemism. Oh, is it not? Okay, then. I don't know what you call it, but that's what I call it. It's what some 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 guys have called it that, but we'll we'll, we'll talk about that later. (laughs) Um, uh, No, so I have this thing where I've got one of one of the cupboards in my apartment is filled with like bottled water, dried food, and uh, plasters, and a few other bits and pieces Mm -hmm. that I could survive for three, four months on without a problem. Mm -hmm. And as soon as COVID started suddenly all the toilet roll all the bottled water and all the pasta disappeared off the shelves mm-hmm. and i was like <laughs> i'm gonna survive it and then it turned out a week later it was all fine yeah. suddenly the shops were fine again but i literally stocked up preparing for this moment because over the, the six months leading up to covid i was like mm-hmm. i remember this atmosphere from when we had bird flu mm-hmm. and people started to panic and the shops started to clean out and i was like i'm not going to fall for this this time i'm going to get myself ready so bought myself 24 toilet roll <laughs> Yeah. Um, load of water and then made sure the apocalypse cover was stocked up and I was fine. Didn't have to use much of it, but it was fine. I thought I was okay. So um, you consider yourself to be like a prepper? Yeah. Definitely. And it it, com- it comes from being a project manager now as well. Because like, effectively <laughs> my, my role is is project management. Right. Um, in, instead of being hit by stuff Don't try last and rationalize time, it. 
<laughs> rationalize I don't know why you're trying to rationalize it. It was pure fear. No, no, no. The, the, so that, that's the thing is I wasn't scared. Um, I was just being pragmatic about it. And I was like, okay, so if I do get to the situation where I haven't got water for three days because all the power's turned off or whatever, I would probably need a couple of bottles of water. Sweetheart, so you know that the water and the electricity are the two different things? Of, of course. Okay. But I'd, I'd got myself into this thought process of like, mm-hmm. I live on my own at the top of a high rise in London. I'm not mm-hmm. entirely sure of the area and stuff. So I probably should do something to get myself a little bit more safe. And it was just purely out of like just easing the concerns of what might be a pandemic and it did turn out to be a pandemic but mm. in not in the way that we've seen it in like resident evil yeah i, I mean it wasn't I, as though you're in like you know rural scotland or something no you know, you're, you're, the nearest store was you know 20 miles away and you'd have to cover you know 25 miles because to avoid that heath over there and that I mean, bog I, over there i live directly above a sainsbury's like it's literally okay okay so um, i mean Really, you would have been okay. I'd, I'd have been absolutely fine. Yeah. Um, the, the the thing is, is when it started to turn into the the atmosphere that I'd seen in things like Resident Evil and Twenty Eight Days Later, where it was like, okay, the world is actually starting to turn, not necessarily yeah. into zombies or whatever. It was just the atmosphere was changing, and there I was, was a like, bit of a, yeah, there was a bit of a, a panic, and that was all Australia's yeah. fault. Did you know that? Well, because at that point it was the wildfires, and then suddenly everyone's forgot about those. No, 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 the loo roll. That was that was our fault. Oh, why? What happened? Yeah, well, I don't know how because I was talking with um Tyrion about it, and I because he lives in France still, and I said, oh, no, it wasn't his fault. Well, (laughs) might have been actually, but I said, oh, have you guys run out of toilet paper? And he's like, no, 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 that's an English-speaking world thing. And I'm like, what? He said, well, basically, what happened is that some absolute bloody genius in Australia, let's call him Baza got in his brain oh my god coronavirus it's a flu i'm gonna shit myself i need to get toilet paper so he goes out and gets all the toilet paper then all of a sudden everyone's like oh shit i'm gonna have to get toilet paper too mate Mm. so off they go they go and get all the loo roll and then the english-speaking world's like oh my god australia's toilet paper and this literally only happens really in between i think it was the uk and and australia potentially new zealand but nowhere else because you you say that and i can sort of understand how that happened now because there was this moment right at the start where um people were like filling their trolleys up with toilet roll and then you could see other people looking at it and kind of going i think i need to do that too yeah 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 like and and so i guess yeah that it was it was almost i hate to use the phrase because it's really cheesy but it was almost pandemic in that way as well because (laughs) the, the the thought process was pandemic too yeah the idea spread and people were like, I've got to do that, I've got to do that, I've got to do that. And I just stood back back and watched it and just went, I hope these people are going to be wearing masks not over their chins in the next three months. And unfortunately, that's where we are now is people are wearing chin masks. Um, But yeah, so so we're in this interesting space now where we're at the end of the the, the major phase of the pandemic. The virus hasn't changed. It's still there. It's still present. It's not been cured. Um, But now everyone's back in pubs and restaurants and bars and, and we're in this kind of strange world where... Um, I'm sort of expecting for a lot of the people that have been infected by COVID and unfortunately passed away mm. to start showing back up in cities. And then I'll be like, right, zombie apocalypse, get back inside, oh 19th floor. Like, <laughs> I'm, See, I'm, I'm this not saying... is why I watched through, and I also watched through all the Resident Evils as well. So I'm completely up to date. I know exactly what I need to do. Am I prepared? Absolutely not. <laughs> Will I survive? Absolutely not. Do I have enough toilet paper? Think I'm okay. Yeah. Um, and if it does turn out that Clark, you were right, and the electricity and the water are one in the same, 
I'm in a lot of trouble. But yeah. I'm in, you know, I'm in Sussex, so mm. so um, we should be all right. We've we've got just over five minutes left, and the final point that we've got to cover is what we're hyped for. So what we're looking forward to, because the reason I'm asking this question is because we've obviously just been through this phase of where there's not really been much new stuff. Um, because things have kind of gone on hold. And now we're starting to come back out of it and be told that, you know, things are coming out. Like Watch Dogs Legion has just been announced. Uh, with The release date has been announced. Uh, we've got um, a Stranger Things series potentially coming up at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, there's loads of stuff coming, and I'm just more interested to learn from you guys what you hyped for. What, you know, movies, games, videos. We don't have videos anymore. This is 2020. <laughs> movies, games, and books. And maybe in 10 years' time, laser discs again. I'm hoping they come back. Oh, the rebrand. What are you hoping for, guys? What are you looking for? Uh, I'm looking forward to Cyberpunk. I'm still. That's still. That's the next game on the list. But previously, it was Last of Us Two. Uh, that's already come out. But yeah, I guess yep. I'm just waiting for Cyberpunk now. That's the big one left. But yeah. With the interchangeable genital slider, I believe is the mm-hmm. the name of the tool, which I'm very excited for. I can't wait to have two penises. It's gonna be great. interchangeable genital slider was my old stripper name. <laughs> <laughs> old stripper name <laughs> Oi, i've got a new one thank you oh okay <laughs> yeah um i think i'm probably I mean, it's it's kind of controversial because um ubisoft but mm. assassin's creed valhalla oh no erin <laughs> i'm an assassin's creed nutter I'm so sorry. am i and that is about as far away from assassin's creed as the, the series I gets no but 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 viking blokes with beards yeah <laughs> i get that part of it as well breaking but... blokes with beards and smashing people in the head and um yeah just basically you know just so killing, it, killing it looks beautiful i can't this deny is it, it. Looks amazing. this is it yeah but it's like they've still got a developer at ubisoft somewhere who worked on the original assassin's creed and he's like okay right cool now we need to put the assassination to them they're like brian shut up Go go for lunch. We're doing yeah, this bit. And he'll come back after lunch and he's like, okay, you still haven't put the assassinations in there. Like, we need to get that back in there. And they're yeah. like, no, we're doing God of War this time. Like, and, and, and then it's we're doing... so pretty. It, but I'm just really annoyed that... Uh, and I want to say annoyed because that's kind of entitled to me to say that. I'm more frustrated that a series that I loved for its stealth action yeah. has, has lost that kind of core gameplay yeah. loop. And now, now that it's is in true. The... That is true. Yeah. But it's so pretty. It is. And it's why I've still got to play God of War. I haven't yeah. played it yet. I bought it. Well, I get it was given to me a year ago, um, and I still haven't put it in my PS4. So I'm sure I'm going to love it, and I'll, I'll probably get through that, game. and I'll be like, right now, I'm going to love Assassin's Creed. Mm. I mean, you're going to play it. I know you're going to play it. Of course I am. Yeah, but it's, yeah. it's my and, and you're going to be like, it's beautiful. I'm I'm not happy with the gameplay. Yeah. So that's probably that's the the one game that I'm mostly hyped about. I I think in terms of um, oh, there's a new Wes Anderson coming out, new Wes Anderson film. Oh, really? French Dispatch. Yes, I've heard something about that. So there's two big movies that are coming out, and one, I can't remember the title or the director, but it's super hyped. Excellent. Sounds uh, so great. that's a really good way of explaining something there. But apparently it's the first movie to go back into, to, 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 to go into cinemas as cinemas reopen, and, and the, the release date of this movie was set like before COVID. And the is director it Paddington is... 3? No. <laughs> yeah. is it... Yes, it's Paddington 3. No, it's... It's um... the James Bond film. No, it's called, like, T- Taver, Tavis, or something? Oh, uh, uh, oh, it's I gone from my head. No Let me. Uh... So anyway, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, the new Wes Anderson, yeah, the French Dispatch. I mean, anything that he does, I will just be there, absolutely. And also, I mean, it's got Tilda Swinton, and and anything with Tilda Swinton, I will. I am watch. loving her at the moment. I've seen her in quite a few things now, and she's incredible. I absolutely adore her, Tilda. If you're listening, please can we go for a cup of tea? <laughs> 
I'd love to think that she's listening to my, uh, to my well, to our podcast. I keep saying my podcast. It's awful, our podcast. Uh, but she was in um, that zombie movie a few years ago that was really obscure and no one really heard of it. Um, what was it called? It was called something to do with like the day of the, the people die when they're dead or something like that it was called oh um uh, da, 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 the dead don't die is what it was called the dead don't die and i can't tell you anything about her character because it would completely destroy the end of the movie but okay she plays effectively tilda swinton in this movie amazing and i was just in trance because i didn't really enjoy the movie but her character was fascinating she was so interesting to watch her grow and She's by the amazing. end of it i was like she is just playing herself like Seriously, think... she, can, she can do anything. She can do well, anything. I mean, people don't like Constantine, the, the movie, which I don't mind. I, but I in that, it. she is just phenomenal. Like, she is that movie. She well, I've, that movie. I've seen the moment that uh, really impacted me with her was the Narnia, the first Narnia movie. Oh, she played... well, you know how I love the Narnia stories. Well, the, the... <laughs> I can't tell if that's sarcasm or not. <laughs> no, I do. I have a Narnia tattoo. Oh. Do you? I do, yeah. I have, I I have a Narnia tattoo. Yeah, and I have a first edition of Narnia books. I, I love the first movie. Like, I start to finish, I really enjoyed that movie, but the sequel was terrible. Oh, we don't talk about that. No, but the first movie was but really my good. My son, Tyrion's named after The Last King of Narnia. Oh, I thought it was from World of Warcraft. <laughs> no, I'm not that pathetic. <laughs> Okay, well, that, that opens the door for me then. <laughs> I always thought you named him after Tyrion from Warcraft. No, it's not differently. No, he's, named, he's Last King of Narnia, which I like yeah. to remind him of. Like, Do you okay, remember well, you were named after Last King of Narnia? Yes. Okay. <laughs> fine. That's fine. Okay, well, um, so we, unfortunately we have run out of time. Um, but Erin, um, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Um, it's been also great to really catch up because I haven't really spoken to you directly in a couple of years now. And that's because you're completely rude and you just don't It's because like I'm terrible. You are uh, awful. Yeah, uh, but it has. Um, thank you so much for your time and, and providing your insights today. I don't mm -hmm. know if you have uh, any social channels or anything you want to mention that people can follow. Yeah, so I'm on, uh, I'm on Twitter. And I'm on Instagram, and they're both um, at Rinnywee, so that's R-I-N-N-Y-W-E-E, -E, and that's me. Cool. So you can follow Erin at Rinnywee on Twitter. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll put that in the description of the, uh, the podcast as well at the end when we publish. And uh, if you need our family history research, you can contact me. You can do a plug. plug my business here. Yep. Family history research, I can help you find your ancestors. <laughs> I can do ancestry research in the United Kingdom. Uh, Australia, New Zealand, France, all over the world. And I have lots and lots of very, very satisfied customers. And I'm smiling <laughs> and I've got my thumbs up at the moment. Because <laughs> so visually yeah. doing something for a podcast is always a really good idea. <laughs> well, I can imagine for everyone listening, they're going to take a look at that. Currently, I would imagine the only people listening are myself in the later in the week when I put this podcast on while I'm going out for a walk, just to check that the audio is okay. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, um, Clark, if you would like some family history research done, you, you know how to get in touch. See, this is targeted advertising. This is great. <laughs> I like um, so, um, Ollie, I don't know if you've got any final points. Um, no, I think that the only thing, I think the film you were trying to reference earlier was Tenet. Yes, right? Tenet, thank you. Okay, yes, sorry. That was just, it, just, yes. That's, that's the only thing I had. And um, yeah, I guess, thanks for listening <laughs> once again, everyone, for coming back this week. Uh, and yeah, it's been lovely hearing from you, uh, Erin, uh, it's been uh, Thank really you. interesting. Yeah, it's been awesome. Thanks for having me, guys. It was fun. Yeah, cool. So if you want to follow us on social media, you can follow us at Sunfire Tavern. Mm -hmm. uh, we're on Instagram and Twitter, and now we're publishing the podcast on Spotify, SoundCloud, and iTunes. So you can catch us there. Uh, we're posting once a week, so we post on Monday nights, and our upload is usually around 
uh, eight, nine o'clock on Monday nights in the UK. So that will be about, I don't know, I want to say nine, 10, 11 o'clock in the morning in America on the West Coast. So look out for wow. some Monday nights at some fire tavern. Uh, and I guess we'll see you next week. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Okay, recording stopped. That was fucking amazing. Thank you so much. <laughs>